Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Dynasty Dogs. We always appreciate you tuning in to the new kids on the block for the always entertaining and sometimes wild takes we're bringing. Don't forget to like and subscribe below and keep a lookout for us on IG and Twitter at Dynasty Dogs FF, all one word, for daily updates and content. Also, make sure you go to underdog.com and use our code Dynasty Dog to get a free $25 on top of your $10 deposit. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Dynasty Dogs. We apologize. It has been two weeks. Um, We actually had a little mix up on Thanksgiving week. And then last week, things just got really, really crazy. So for all our loyal listeners um, and any new listeners, uh, we are back. Week 14 is here. And um, crazy to say, we are literally entering into the playoffs for fantasy football um, just next week. Um, People probably have some pretty pivotal matchups. So we'll cover a few different things going on in the NFL right now. Obviously, a few players, uh, the Dolphins, uh, Jonathan Taylor, a few different teams on bye week which this week, which is not ideal if you're trying to sneak into some plays, um, some places, I apologize. Um, but without further ado, let me introduce my team. Uh, once again, Con, Nick, how are we doing, boys? Doing great. It feels good to be back. Uh, a lot of a lot of good players to talk, to talk about. Don't worry about what Johnny says about the youth. He hates the youth. Don't listen to him. <laughs> youth is the future. You'll I'm see the, what I'm, I'm the boomer on this. Forward. I'm the boomer on this pod. Yeah. <laughs> Nikki, what about you, bro? Yeah, doing good. Yeah. I mean, the people that have Jonathan Taylor, they're probably fighting for a bye over like a playoff spot, but it's still pretty big because true. You really want that bye week. Yeah. Yeah. It's helpful. Especially man. guys like AJ Brown, Antonio yeah. Brown maybe coming back after the bye week. Oh, that's pretty big to secure yeah. that. Well, I know you wanted to talk about that, so we could dive right in. I mean, so those are three names, Kamar, A.J. Brown, a- Antonio Brown. I know Derrick Henry was mentioned, but I think he's probably, they're saying more week 17 most likely. So I, I actually just traded Derrick Henry and a, a late second and a late third to get Alvin Kamara in the league because okay. I was like, I'm just going all in for the chip. Yeah, yeah. Like that makes me feel a lot safer. But now like the whole injury – I'm hoping. What is Kamara's exact injury? It See, was it was some um some knee issue, and the reporters originally said it should be a week at most. It was like a bruise. Now he's knee. been out what three weeks? Yeah, so um, hopefully they've yeah. just been resting him up, and he'll. They didn't put him on IR. They still haven't. So I he's really been out four weeks be actually. He was been out since week. So week nine was the last game he played, and we're mm-hmm. going into week fourteen. He'll be playing the Jets. I mean, the problem is, what's their record right now? Are they? The, the They've fallen. Saints. They've slipped. They've. I think that they're close to losing five in a row for the first time since Sean Payton got there. Yeah, I saw that. Like Taysom Hill's not. not uh, so right now they're five and seven. So I mean they're yeah. still in the hunt because the NFC is such a like I don't know disaster. But as of right now, I feel like Kamara. I don't know. I, I haven't heard like any specific reports, like if he'll be back or not, but Kamar, AJ Brown, Antonio Brown, they're definitely some names that I think everybody's a little bit nervous about, like when they're going to be coming back. Yeah. Um. Sorry. Do you want to go, Nick? No, you go ahead. Uh, um, AJ Brown. I, I understand he's supposed to be coming back. Um. I, I think he, he got put on IR, so it should be a week 15 return at the earliest, but I, I just don't know. He, he hasn't been healthy now. Is this, I don't know if you, if you would say he wasn't healthy last year, but he wasn't, he, but he played through it. 
Yeah, he played. He did. Yeah, you're right. And it's it's very concerning to see. You know, he has a knee condition, and it's supposed to get worse over time. And on top of that, he already plays so physically that, you know, he you see him get bumped uh, and bruised a lot, come in and out of games, you know, miss a week here and there, two weeks here and there. I don't know what to make of him, man. And you I know, think obviously, like Julio, with the injury history, you're going to miss weeks, you're going to miss practices. It's going to be like, oh, we didn't practice, but he'll play. I think over his career, he'll be just fine. I mean, Julio we'll didn't really deal with, like, back. any sort of, like, quote-unquote Yeah, not until he was maybe, like, 28 Because you got to think, Julio, like, all right, so he played 13 games his first year, a full season his second year. Third year, he only played five games. And then from 2014 to 2019, the guy only missed three games, four games. So, But I'm like, saying he's someone that was always dinged up and missed practices. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm not he's saying a physical he's miss type all of guy. Games. Yeah, yeah. I think the fear, what Wakan's saying, and I can kind of echo it, like the whole thing with his knee issue, like you don't his really lifespan. know. Yeah, you just don't really know. Like, is this something that like he's legit going to have to deal with every season? He's going to always have some sort of issue. Yeah, we he's won't have- know that until. But I, I think what it comes to for for fantasy players is, is this a guy that you want to continue to invest in highly? Yeah, and to, and to have on your roster and be reliant upon him. Or do you want to sell now for, you know, whatever you can get at, at a high price where people still view him as a top five to top seven dynasty wide receiver and get that type of return? Say you go out and you get a guy like a, you know, say you're shooting for the moon, you know, Justin Jefferson, Tyree Kill, DK Metcalf, uh, Jamar Chase, you know, these top guys, you know, he's still in that tier. It doesn't mean he's like considered top three right now, but he's in that tier where you can add a little bit to it and most people that aren't off the bandwagon for AJ Brown, you could still get that type of return. So I think it's just, it's something to think about, right? Like, and I think for me, I'm not out on AJ right now, but I don't think I'm paying the price that it's going to cost to acquire him until I can see some consistency. You know, if I can see, you know, he comes back in the next season, you know, he plays the first couple of weeks of the season and he's playing well, he looks good. He's healthy. All right. That's a different story. Or in the off season, if I can buy nice and low, yeah, if I can buy him at a wide receiver two price because someone just, you know, in that fear, fear of like, I got to get rid of this guy, I'm going to do it. But, you know, even guys like Deontay Johnson right now, another topic we were going to cover, he's wide receiver seven on the year, man. Like, there's a lot That's of players. It's pretty easy to see coming that he's just going to ball this year, though. We all said it. Yeah, I think it was a guy all three of us were really high on. A lot of people on Twitter were talking about it and a lot of people in the community as a whole. But that's my point. Like, look how cheap you can get a guy that is going to catapult himself into wide receiver one status. It doesn't mean we value him as wide receiver seven. I think he's in the top 15 for me or top 14. So I I have him as a, as a kind of a low end wide receiver, one high end wide receiver two from a dynasty standpoint. But that's the, the thing is like, if I can go get a guy like a Deontay Johnson or a T Higgins, who by the way, positive regression has hit and it is beautiful. Um, you look at that and it's like, well, why wouldn't I just spend the lower price tag on those guys, get the depth that is involved in acquiring them for an AJ Brown versus have to deal with the headache of AJ Brown right now? Well, well that's you- that's something that me and Khan did bring up the the T Higgins thing. Mm-hmm. The week we recorded um an episode of Thanksgiving week and we couldn't get it out. We had a lot of technical issues, but we both said that there's no way that T Higgins should be disrespected like he's getting disrespected across Twitter. <laughs> yeah. It's absurd, bro. He's a low-end wide receiver three. Pittman's better. And, of course, now he's had the two games. You're not going to believe us. We could pull up the facts. Like, if you want to see it, we'll get that. <laughs> we well, I mean, we, listen, there's one thing that we preach endlessly, 
And like, we've been doing this since we started this podcast at the beginning of the season. Like we are all about buying good players. Like that's, that should be like our motto. I think that's going to become our, like our thing, buy good players. Like we always talk about it. Like when you see a player that's regressing, it's not playing well, like even Pittman right now, or I'm sorry, Jamar Chase yes. right now. Like he, oh. yeah, Pitts is a good example too, but like, I'm saying like Jamar Chase the last, what, four or five weeks, like, listen, I'm not saying people don't consider him still a top three dynasty wide receiver top five for some like some people probably have them at one still i'm just saying when these windows open where players start to underperform we've seen what they're doing we see what they're capable of whenever i'm making a trade it's you're almost looking at all right if i'm trading david montgomery and a first for i don't know i'm just i'm just gonna throw out javante just as a name like you're looking at what is the ceiling of both players on both sides of that trade and where can it catapult to obviously no one's gonna probably accept you know Dave Montgomery in a first for Javante. So I was just throwing out an example. My point is like right now you look at different players that are underperforming, they're hurt. Their situation may not be great. It's like, we always talk about pieces of the puzzle. Um, but I, I think that AJ Brown is a really interesting topic right now. And, and we don't have to keep talking about him because we have other stuff we want to cover. But um, as we're talking about T Higgins and Jamar chase, where, where are we at on that offense as a whole? Cause I think I was the highest on Joe Burrow to start the year, and I I was my, the highest on T Higgins. Yeah, you were highest on yeah, T and Jamar, and and Con was the highest on Chase, wasn't he? So it worked out. Yeah, so and we were. I was yeah. and Mixon. Yeah, I mean, I love Joe Joe Mixon. I think I just got burnt Everyone so many did. times. Just, you yeah, you get tired of the dude being hurt all the time. It's not always his fault, but you know, stuff happens. You know, one of one of the things like the cases against the Bengals that I heard was, um, their draft prices Love, were all. Bro. What? Everyone was talking about their O-line. Oh, yeah, but I was saying, I was going to say that their draft prices, people said the 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 assumption of them being elite was already baked into their draft prices, whether it was redraft, startup, whatever. As you could see. And I was like, okay, does that matter? They are elite. Like, Jamar yeah. Chase was the fifth overall pick, and Joe Burrow tore up the league before he tore up his knee and Jamar and uh, T Higgins was fantastic. And Tyler Boyd is one of the best slots in the league. And Joe Mixon is one of the best runners when healthy and they added to the line. So, you know, they got I got the first round pick Jonah Williams. Yeah, they got Jonah Williams. They brought, they brought in Riley Reef from the Vikings and they already had a, a average interior offensive line so i like i didn't understand what the hesitancy was to 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 be buying those players at their prices well i think a lot of people always want to look for an angle or a narrative right like a lot of times on twitter specifically we see that you know where people are consistently they're pushing some sort of agenda with with a player right like with tua for example the people that think he's bad still think he's bad they don't care like oh he's chucked down charlie he's he's a He's, he's dumping it off. You know, he's not really that great. Dude, like he's doing things statistically that haven't been done in like decades. You know what I mean? Like his fourth quarter. So to Mac are, Jones, like, shout out to him. Mac Jones has been really good too. Yeah, but like point being, people have narratives against Mac Jones they don't want to move off of. You know what I mean? Like sometimes it's Dude, okay. The Mac Jones stuff say. is embarrassing. Well, what do you mean? Just people like refusing to move off of like hating him? Yeah, like like Mac Jones. Oh, the we Patriots don't trust Mac Jones because they threw three passes in a game that was pretty much that was amazing to watch. By the way, that was a great game. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, listen. The, the reality of it is, no, I'm not, dude. I want you to jump in. I, I just think the reality of it is, there's always going to be reasons and narratives and and false 
agendas. But at the end of the day, facts are facts. Reality is reality. Guys like Tua and Mac Jones, they were looked at from a certain perspective, right? Like people had the tank for Tua mentality. And he came out, he was hurt all last year. They haven't committed to him. They treated him like dog shit. They consistently put him in a bad situation. And he is thriving within a bad situation. Worst offensive line in football. Worst blocking rate in football. Their run game is mediocre at best. He has Jalen Waddle and Gusecki. Everybody else has been hurt. And he's still thriving. He's still bringing them home for wins. QB wins are, wins are not a QB stat, but he is consistently putting the team in a position to win. And I think when you have a player that was looked at one way and then they're showing you there's something else in the midst of a negative circumstance like Tua or, I mean, Mac Jones, he fell into kind of the, the best situation he could be in. But point being, when players show you who they are, like you should pay attention. Like it's part of the puzzle we talk about, right? Um, Tua is going to get a better situation. He's going to continue to improve. Mac Jones is going to get more weapons. So like this ceiling that nobody sees with him, I'm sorry if he got Burks next year and a guy like, you know, what's his name? Garrett Wilson, you know, like, or if they went out and got a guy like Drake London and he was throwing some jump balls, like, come on, man. You can't tell me that that offense isn't going to be nuts with Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry in the middle, a nasty run game with my boy, my boy, Ramadre Stevenson and Damian Harris and some legit jump ball wide receivers and some burners with, you know, Kendrick Bourne and, and who's the other fool they signed? Uh, Was it Aguilar? Aguilar. Yeah. Yeah, And you didn't even mention Jacoby Myers, who's like, yeah. Who's who's a legit <laughs> the player? modern day Edelman? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like they, they got pieces, and then you're going to add assets to that offense. Like, come on, they're obviously holding this kid back in a lot of ways and just letting him learn and not pushing him past points that he doesn't need to be. And it's working, like, it's cool to not it, like to admit you were wrong on a guy, but anyway, I, I know well, it looks like we only got one year off of seeing the Patriots every January, right? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Bill Belichick has a way about him, man. It's I love it. I, I listen. I we beat the, as a Giants fan. We beat them at the two most. No, I love. I can love Brady because oh, yeah, of what dude. we did to him. Yeah. And I love Billichek because <laughs> exactly. he was a Giant. You know what I mean? Like he, he comes from the tree, like Bill Parcells, all those guys. So anyway, all right. So let's talk about this rookie wide receiver class and this rookie QB class. I think there's two really important conversations to be had right now. Elijah Moore and Jalen Waddle. Like what they're doing Uh, over the last couple of weeks, I've seen some really interesting stuff about how, I mean, they're kind of running the league right now from like a points per game perspective. Like we're looking at guys that are coming into situations. They were needed to be kind of like those alphas, you know, Corey Davis, I know they signed him. He's out for the year now, but like Elijah Moore, there's been a turnstile of quarterbacks there. And he's and he's producing, yeah, like heavy. You know what I mean? And like I give yeah. Zach Wilson shit just because everybody loved him and said he was the next Mahomes. But like it took a game for them to get acclimated again. And then this week he looked pretty good. Um, the touchdown, I think he had a touchdown run or something that kind of helped his. He did. It was a QB sneak though. Oh, okay, all right. So he he what did he call the wildcat or something or no 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 like oh, they were at, exactly. they were at the one inch line and they just ran a QB sneak with Elijah Moore. No, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. I thought you meant for Zach Wilson. Zach yeah, I thought Elijah Moore had a rushing touchdown this week or something, didn't he? Not this week. No, not this. Okay. He had a receiving touchdown. I apologize. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, it took, it took a little, it's going to take a little time for them to get on the same page, but it's just cool to see what he's been doing with the turnstile quarterback and Jalen Waddle. I mean, that was a guy that I was really high on pre draft. I know Constantine was super high on him. And then he went to the Dolphins and he was like, I don't want anything to do with the kid. I hate Tua and he's the worst <laughs> quarterback in the league. 
But fortunately, he had me in his ear screaming at him, and I think he pivoted a little bit. And I know Nikki over here was worried about Omar's tweets about the kid having a broken ankle. Yeah, whoever that boomer is, I fucking hate you. (laughs) I mean, that dude was scaring the hell out. I remember you were literally like, bro, he's got a bad ankle. I can't draft him. I'm like, dude, I promise you, go get a share. You're going to regret it. I bought them up like crack. Like Jalen Waddle is like cracked. And look at him now. I always love the talent because that I always said that's not the problem. So the fact, dude, and he's a target hog too. Yeah, over the last since since week three, let's say leads the league in targets um, since week <laughs> four, I think. Or... Yeah, and and even week three, the week before week four, he had thirteen targets. Bro, he has so... eighty six receptions through week thirteen. Yeah, exactly. He's gonna break the record. Like, and listen, what is the rookie record? Uh, I think Jarvis did. Jarvis Landry hold it or Odell? It was over a hundred, right? I I don't know, but he's like. I'll tell you. Hold on. So, yeah, Johnny, you looked that up while I, while I talk a little bit. Like, the reason I liked him coming out of college is because I thought he played bigger than his frame suggested that he plays. Um, you know, he's 5'11", 185, I think. Even then, I might be giving him a little bit too much credit. But his hands, strong hands, didn't really have a lot of drops like Jerry Judy did. Um, and his elite skill, obviously his speed, was one of the most, you know, like the gap between him and the second most – uh, and the second quickest guy in the draft was probably like immeasurable. When you have a guy whose top skill is that elite and you could bank on it, you know, to translate to the NFL, it's hard for me to not, to not love you as a prospect because you, you're, you have a high floor, you're reliable. And when you have hands like he does combined with that speed, it's easy for you to separate. It's easy for you to get into, it's easy for you to get into a, good spaces for your quarterback, you know, to, to get you with the ball too is accurate as much as I say he has a noodle arm, which he does as much as I say he's a bit less mobile than people thought, Stop which it. he is. He is an accurate quarterback and he finds Waddle. He finds him, whether it's zone, whether it's man, whether it's whatever, and they have a connection. So I just made a fat yeah, deal to get Waddle. I don't know if you saw it though. I, found, <laughs> I want to tell you real quick. Yep. So I gave up McCaffrey lamb, and a second for Devonte Adams, Jalen Waddle, and a first. You give him McCaffrey, Lamb, and a second for Devonte, Jalen Waddle, and a first. Where's the first going to be? It's going to be mid to low, like towards the front end, mid. The front end meaning like one hundred five, like one eight, like yeah, one hundred five ish, one hundred six ish. I mean, should if if you can get you know if you can get a Kenny Walker, I don't. Brees Hall and Spiller won't be there. I don't think they like, won't be there. But if listen, you can get a Kenny who, Walker, I think Nikki. That's, who that's, did I tell you about? What was the running back's name that I told you about to keep an eye on? Come on, uh, who was it? I have him Rash- somewhere. Rashad White. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> it's my yeah, guy. I, I, I do like Rashad. I took him in a. He's my RB three in this class. I was I was doing a mock draft with. With uh, Ray G and and his uh, his Discord channel, and I took Rashad White, or maybe he wanted to pick before me, but I was looking to get him in the early second. I mean, bro, I I legit think he'll be I like it's gonna be a little bit landing spot dependent, but yeah, for I sure. Got him, I got him at three right now, so we'll see what changes. But I like him a lot, bro. Mm, I'm gonna like be watching out for him, huh? I'm gonna watch out for him. Keep an eye on him, Nikki. I want to hear you. I want to hear you text me, bro. 
I got two Rashad White's um, stocks now. Um, to answer the stocks. question, though, Anquan, <laughs> Anquan Bolden, he has 101 receptions as a rookie, so he holds that record. Right. It and was then, Bolden. Um, 1,400 yards was the record, I believe, for um, yards for Justin Jefferson last year. So, I mean, as of right now, Waddle has, you know, I think what? How many more games is left? Is it four? Four, four. more games? So, as of right now, he's at 86 oh, receptions. He's already five. No, 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 he's not playing this week. He's not playing. He's on a bye this week. Oh, he's on he a bye. Four. He has four more games. Week, so yeah, he's got 86 receptions right now. So I mean, and 849 yards. I don't think he's going to get another 600 yards or five. No, absolutely yards. not. Another 550 <laughs> yards, I think, is a little tough. Um, yeah. And again, though, man, he's been. I mean, he's had some. He's yeah. I don't know. Can we talk Look, about Justin he, Jefferson he, really quick, by the way. Wait, wait, just just real quick. He's the wide receiver 11 on the year, and he has five touchdowns. That's and one of them is a rushing touchdown. So yeah. I think as they get a little bit of a better coaching staff also, you know, obviously they'll use his speed a little bit more in end arounds and like, you know, some some more screen actions and stuff like that. He shouldn't have two carries in the season. That's 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 pretty abhorrent to me. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really kicking myself for being off of Waddle. I mean, Johnny, I, I was screaming. I was like, yo, there's no way Devontae Smith is better than this dude. And yeah, Johnny was like. And Johnny was like, oh, yeah, like you're on crack. And I was like, hell no, dude, you watch and see. And I didn't stick with myself. I didn't stick yeah, with my you guns. Did, you didn't stick with your gut. <sighs> which I think is, is, is definitely a regret for you. But, I mean, you knew. Listen, there's been multiple times you and I have talked about a prospect and you knew what you what you believed about him. And then you look back and you're like, man, I got off him because, the, listen, we've learned over and over talent over situation, man. Like, yeah. When you really believe in a guy and you really think like he's that dude. You just sometimes have to just stick with it and you got to just go with your gut. And I think a lot of times, like Elijah Mitchell was a guy I liked a lot pre-draft. Mm-hmm. I liked him way more than Trey Sermon. And I sold off my shares, man, in deals is like fillers. Like, oh yeah, I'll throw in Elijah Mitchell, add in a, a second, you know, stuff like that. Where I look back now and I'm like, man, you know, I probably have to give up a first to get him right now. And some people might not even want to do that, you know? So it's like, yeah. it's tough when you have a player that you really believed in you for whatever reason decided to move off of him a little early. And then you look back and you're like, Holy shit, dude, this guy is smashing his ADP. And I'm over here looking like a doofus. Cause I sold too early. So yeah. Elijah Mitchell looks like he's the real deal. The biggest thing about Elijah Mitchell and um, my boy McMeow on Twitter, um, Mikey, um, <laughs> little shout out to my guy right there. His big thing on him is he doesn't feel like he's a true three down back. He's going to consistently be banged up. And that's why he likes Trey Sermon more. He feels like he's more prototypical NFL running back. Um, I don't know that I agree on the Trey Sermon I think side. Trey Sermon's I- time is already up. <laughs> like you, you don't get, you don't get dra- day two draft capital in like the mid second round and become a healthy scratch for a sixth rounder if you're not absolutely horrific. Yeah. So, well, could be... I think we remembered Kyle Shanahan. He has a way about him where he puts guys in dog. Well, dude, they like, like him so much because Elijah so why Mitchell is it? Why isn't is Elijah literally... Mitchell in the doghouse? I mean, Brandon Ayuk. Well, Elijah Mitchell might not have done anything wrong. You know what I mean? Look at Brandon Ayuk. How many weeks did we sit on this podcast and Nick was in his chair, you know, in tears because Brandon Ayuk <laughs> was doing nothing. And he's like, I know he's good, bro. I watched the tapes of him. I see it. They don't use him, bro. He was open for an 80 yard touchdown. I follow this Instagram account. I saw it, but guess what? Like we got to deal with that every week. And now look, Ayuk is back. Like he's playing good. He's been a wide receiver too wide receiver three like it's not exactly what we want last game was bad 
Yeah, but he he dropped a 35-yard pass. He had he had 66 yards. He would have had almost a 100-yard day. Like, you know what I mean? Like he had a, he's have he's having games where he's getting utilized. George Kittle by the way, smash week, top 3 tight end everybody. Get back he's on your boy. 57 in my format. Bro, yeah. legit. I was in one league. I my team we only have two flex in that league and it's like no funky settings. Like just six-point passing touchdowns and then one 1.75 for tight ends and my team put up like 280. <laughs> it was like Kittle, Herbert, Jonathan Taylor, and I forget, and uh, I forget there was someone else that went crazy. Um, but real quick, I want to go back. Justin Jefferson, bro, has been just a delight. Like I really didn't think he was going to be a bust this season, but I did believe he would have some regression where like he wouldn't be like a top. I thought he'd be more of a wide receiver too this year, bro. He is a superstar. I take back all the shit I said from a negative standpoint. I don't think I really ever bashed him, but I just, I never felt like he was going to be like a top guy. I have him at wide receiver one. I do tiers for my ranking. So it's like, I have three, four guys in each tier, some five, six con is giving me the middle finger because he's like, bro, Justin Jefferson, wide receiver one, you know, bro. And David and all these guys (laughs) are like, you're an idiot. No, I mean, bro, listen, he is a stud and I am, I'm like really excited. I have, I think I have three shares of him, two, three shares, and I, I couldn't be more happy. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> did you, did you trade him to me? Yeah. Really? I don't remember. I don't remember that. Regardless, it's, it's just really cool to watch players like that. Just he's a fun wide receiver to watch play. Bro. He's very like, good. I get giddy. Like, I think there's, there's like three to five players that I watch football for. Like, Jonathan Taylor's one of them. Kyler Murray's one of them. DK Metcalf, sad face. Like, can we please pass? There's <laughs> only five for you. I, I mean, literally I, listen, have so I like, many players. I'm just like, oh, let's go. He's on. Play. I love a lot of players. <laughs> yes. But I'm talking like guys that like legit, like I collect sports cards. You guys know that. Like these yeah. are guys that like I have my personal collection. Like those guys are in that. Like mm. these are those guys. And Justin Jefferson is. Oh, yeah. That Johnny team. loves Darius Slayton most probably. Oh, God, I hate him. <laughs> hate him. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Bro, if I collected AJ Dillon cards, I would I would be up a lot right now. We gave Damn, him. So we, that's when another we worked guy, with him, When we worked with him, um, my partner, Daniel, he, he so, so AJ, so AJ and I, we connected a while back and he collects his one-of-one cards, um, like any one-of-one card of himself. Like, so it's interesting. A lot of players. That's a confident man. Yeah, I mean, he believes in himself, but he's a collector too. You know what I mean? Like he's a degenerate yeah. in the hobby, like all of us. But when we connected, he had told me, he's like, yo, I collect my one-on-one cards. Let me know. Like if anybody's got any, like you find them, like I want them. And my buddy Daniel is a diehard, diehard Green Bay fan. And he was like, yo, bro, I just bought AJ this one-on-one, blah, blah, blah. So we sent it over to him. He really had appreciated it. But yeah, like he he's he's one of those guys, man. He collects his own stuff. Anyway, I don't know how I got on that. Yo, place. yo, so something I want to bring up real quick. Yeah. So remember we had that conversation preseason, um, Ridley or CD Lamb. Yeah. So obviously yeah. Ridley had that whole, you know, I'm not counting that as a W because <clears throat> what happened. But what do you guys think about CD Lamb now? What are your thoughts on him after what 13 weeks? I still feel the way I felt, man. I mean, I love really? CD. I just like so. I think I have CD in my. So I have him at wide receiver six, and I've been really struggling with that because I think my That's my thing fair. with CD is like not that That's we haven't fair. seen him produce because we have, not that we don't think he's a superstar because he is, but it's like 
the consistency of a wide receiver one is what yeah. I need to put you in that. Well, once here. Cooper is or Gallup, whichever one. I, what if they're not? I, I think they should let Cooper leave and resign Gallup personally. No, but I think no way, bro. No, they're not going to. Gallup will leave, though. He's gone. I don't know, bro. Jerry's crazy. Like, that no, guy does shit that no one him. thinks that. Dude, they didn't think, like, they weren't going to get CD. And he was like, no, we're getting CD. Well, you like, can't pass on that talent there. I get <laughs> yeah. it. Especially I mean, here's, to spite Philly. Here's the thing. Yes, always to spite Philly. Here's the thing, though. Dalton Schultz has emerged himself as a true tight end. He's been player. great. Thank been, you for him, too. Yeah, you're welcome, bro. See, I take care of you. <laughs> so, like, he's been a true tight end one. You have Tony Pollard and Zeke, who both eat. Listen, people can say what they want about Zeke. He's banging Yeah, Zeke right eats now. a lot of fucking food. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, Zeke is still listen. I don't get what people are he so mad points, about. Man. He you drafted points. Zeke. Mostly people were getting him in like the second. Like I no, saw him yeah, going late second round. Dude, he's been a top RB. But in real all life, though, long. he just doesn't look good. I don't know. No, that, said, I don't think I don't that's know. true. Not until these last three weeks. Yeah, well, it's probably mostly due to that injury. I'm not gonna lie. Because bro, I'm telling you, the first like eight to ten weeks, like, I was watching him. He looked good. Like he was explosive. Yeah, he did look good early in the season, but. I mean, listen, this is the thing. This is why teams are starting to employ more of a or deploy more of a um, two tight two two running back set, right? Like you want to have a guy like Pollard kind of can take a little bit of the beating off of, of a guy like Zeke who's going to come out there. You see Zeke, bro. Like when he eats a block, he eats a block. Like he's like, yeah. nah, you're not touching my quarterback. Or like when he needs to get a two-yard run, like bro, his whole body is going into that line. Like he yeah. has no regard for himself. So players like that, they kind of need that second back to kind of take a little bit of that that you know, beating for them when they're taking a step back. But point being, um, the Cowboys have a lot of weapons, bro. And like, for me, like, I'm not saying CD won't always be a guy that eats because Dak is going to pass a lot, but like, let's take a step back for a second. Like what's up with Dak? Like he is looking, he has not been great the last couple of weeks, bro. He's been like, kind of like, kind of like (laughs) doo-doo. I like Zach. He's been iffy, but Dak. So the thing thing that I've noticed with them is they love to hit, you know, CD up in the, uh, in the seam routes off of play action. And when, when Zeke is a little bit banked up and, you know, Pollard isn't getting what he should because they're, you know, they're paying Zeke so much money. It, it takes away the threat of, you know, not takes away the threat, but it, it minimizes the threat of a play action or, mm-hmm. you know, of a, uh, you know, of just the run in general. So they're playing for the pass and having Amari out for two games doesn't make it any better. And then having, you know, Gallup out for like six weeks or seven weeks at the beginning of the season didn't make it any better. And CD Lamb and concussion protocol didn't make it any better. So I think what's what's yeah. going on is, is a combination of a lot of things where the run game has been a little bit hurt, especially with Tyron Smith being out. Yes. And then the inconsistency week to week of their wide receiver health is also hurting Dak. Yeah. You know, he. it's hard to get accustomed to throwing to three absolute superstars. Maybe superstars a little bit much for Michael Gallup, but three legitimately very, very good NFL wide receivers and then going to just two or just to one. And you could say, you know, m- most quarterbacks don't have two, but the fact is he had three. So yeah. it, it's it's just the change when you don't have all of them. That the point. That's the point I'm trying to make. So imagine uh, I, think, I mean that's got to be tough man for a quarterback not to have a good all o-line consistency and not top weapons and guys always hurt uh, <laughs> you know i wonder 
there's any other quarterbacks in the NFL to deal with that, man. That's 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 crazy. Yo, all I'm gonna say <laughs> is I am so 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 excited. I'm not gonna lie about Jake Fromm. <laughs> You're excited, bro. I'm sick. Why would I not be excited? It's disgusting. Being a Giants fan is it's literally like saying. Uh, this is inappropriate. I'm not going to go there. It would Listen. not be exciting if we were like a solid franchise, but Dude. I liked him in college. I liked him on QB1. I just hope he comes in and tears it up. I mean, bro. Like, I doubt it, but who cares? He's <laughs> not mobile. Like, I feel bad for him. Like, he's going to get his, his, He's gonna get hurt, bro. Like, dude, Glennon has a concussion. Like, every quarterback that plays for us gets destroyed. Like, it's it's insane. Being a Giants fan is pathetic, man. I real quick. Think that's though, why I'm always such Cowboys. a I'm always such an aggressive person. Is I'm a Giants fan. I'm in a, an abusive relationship, man. I'm getting beat up every day. Yo, but back to the Cowboys, real quick. <laughs> Are you guys buying Tony Pollard in Dynasty? Um, I don't think so, and. Yeah, I'd buy mm-hmm. him. I mean, I'm not going to spend a first on him, but yeah. No, no, but you'd get I, him. I, I wouldn't spend even the mid or, or an early second. You, uh, I would spend a mid second for him. I, I don't. Th- and I don't, I don't think, think you'd even get him for that. In in Johnny in Johnny's uh, crazy leagues, I give point punt return yards. Why would you not want that? You're asking me. CD returns. Punts, <laughs> I know that too. triggers you. That's why I said. <laughs> yeah, it does trigger me because <laughs> I lose the people who have risk rosters because they have Kene and Wagwu <laughs> take like. 110 yard kickoff to the crib for 17 points, and then I kill myself after. <laughs> hey, bro, listen, much. <laughs> part, listen, everybody. Part of understanding dynasty and fantasy and, and being good, understand your scoring settings. If you have something crazy like first down passes or like 0.25 for rushes or whatever, take advantage of that in the draft. Like if you're in round 14, you're like, oh, there's punt return yards. I'm going to take this guy that gets punt returns and he's a receiver. Like Devin DuVernay, he's a cheat code in one of my leagues. 10 points a week, no matter what, perfect flex. Somebody's heard Devin what's DuVernay. About that shit is I was in a league with punt return yards and touchdowns and whatever. So that's the one league I drafted Cordero Patterson in the startup oh, league. <laughs> league. And winner. I wound up trading him as like a little throw. Oh, <laughs> this story just went from good to bad quick. <laughs> do, 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 do. Dude, that is the most 2021 shit. Is that Cordell Patterson's a top 10 running back? Bro, not he's only a top he, 10 everything. He, not only is he a top 10 fantasy running back, he's a legitimately freaking really good real life running back. He's, he's a better really wide receiver good, than running back, though. No, he bro, is, he's really good like, at everything, though. Like everything he does. He it's literally so he asked them to start putting him at safety, too. <laughs> so that's so dope. Yeah. He's, on, he's third. Love. He's the third safety on their depth chart. God, Patterson's bro. dope. That's that's why. Yeah, I had to give that sad story up. Yeah. So let's switch it up a little bit. Um, you're good, bro. That is actually really sad. Um, we can talk about it off camera. I know you're probably hurting. All right, so this year's rookie QBs. It's interesting because I can't say that any of them have Impressed. gone wild outside of Mac Jones. And from a fantasy standpoint, he hasn't been a superstar. So mm-hmm. realistically speaking, is that's this a Trey Lance underwhelming- hasn't played? <laughs> well, when he played, I mean, he, he looked all right. You know what I mean? Yeah, like from two a, games. Like, and from one a was passing standpoint, like he was Rams, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, obviously, he was rushing and doing his thing. But here's the <laughs> thing, right? I think this QB class kind of brings people back down to earth a little bit. Some will say it's a bust of a class. Some will say, oh, it's hasn't been great. I think people have to understand the norm will never be for a quarterback like a Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, 
whatever. Excuse me. I apologize. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For a guy like that to come out and just be a stud right out the gate. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just not common. And that's why a lot of people last year felt like, Oh, Burrow and and Herbert are doing really good this year. They, they look like franchise quarterbacks. Why doesn't Tua? He's a bust. Must be like, no, it's just a lot of times, like most of the time over the last like 50 years, you have quarterbacks come out and they, they need a year or two, some three or four. I mean, I've seen some quarterbacks take time to develop, take time to get into a system, get into a rhythm. Sometimes teams don't build the offensive line. They don't give them the proper weapons. The scheme doesn't fit their skill set, um, i.e. Daniel Jones. Um, so a lot of times you have these situations where quarterbacks are at a disadvantage and they can't elevate their game because of it. Sometimes they get those advantages they needed and they're elevating their game throughout the mix of, of all those puzzle pieces we talk about. So what do you guys think? I don't want to, I don't want to ramble on like, where are you at this QB class, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, obviously Trey Lance, um, Zach Wilson, and then, you know, Mac Jones, like, well, are you buying, you selling, you holding, what, what, what are we doing? Yes. Yeah, um, so I feel no different about Trey Lance than I did the start of the year. Mac Jones, very, very efficient, great quarterback in real life. Maybe the fantasy will come more next year when they unleash everything. Um, Justin Fields, I really like going forward. As soon as Matt Nagy is fired, Justin Fields' stock goes right up, straight to the moon. Uh, who else am I forgetting? You're forgetting Trevor Lawrence. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whoever that guy is. No, but Trevor Lawrence, I... And that's the same thing, bro. Like, Urban Myers needs to leave. He is horrible. He plays Tavon Austin, Agnew over Chenault, which whatever. I'll let Chenault go. But, like, those guys are not good. I won't let him go, bro. I, I Listen, James No, I'm, not, I'm saying whole, for this argument. No, I know, I know, I know. I, but I'm saying, like, I don't want to let him go. I don't want to let him go for the argument because of the fact that I think he's a really good player and he's getting screwed he is out a good of a, player. He's getting screwed out of an opportunity. Like, it sucks, bro. Like, First it was Agnew, and then Agnew goes down. <laughs> oh, now it's Tavon Austin. Let's yeah, just it's like, bro, like, what's happened to Marvin Jones? Like, he looks so great to start the year, and now all of a sudden he's a nobody. Like, look at James Robinson. He fumbles, and they keep him out for 20 oh, straight did plays. Did you see like, that clip? Did you yeah, see that interview bro, with James that was Robinson? so was bizarre, doing? bro. He was like, like, yeah, well, I just kind of was taken out. And then, like, they put me back in. The game was over. (laughs) It's like, what? He was like, I looked up and it was double zero. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, man, this guy. I feel bad for him. The kid is such a great kid. He's a great player. Yeah, like Urban Meyer is just a bum. Just go back to college, bro. Nobody likes you or respects you. Like, it's just wild, man. It's wild to see. But, I mean, would you you rather have your team sign Urban Meyer or Matt Nagy to a 10-year deal? As a coach, I'm picking their team. That's if that's what they were doing, I'm picking their team. Bro. You just give up at that point. Like if the Giants <laughs> said that to me, I'd be like, you know what? It's in my blood. I'll always love you from afar, baby. But uh, we can't be together anymore. <laughs> I that's when you give it. To, that's when you give it to the streets. Like <laughs> you belong to the streets. Give it to the streets. <laughs> um, Captain Save a Ho, no more. Um, all right. So let's talk about Deontay Johnson, man. Like, dude, I think I mentioned it earlier. Like he's wide receiver seven on the year. Like, it's kind of crazy. We all saw a good season coming. I tweeted out at the beginning of the year, my guys, I had him on there and dude, it has been exciting as all hell every week. Consistency. I mean, we're at a position that is volatile and up and down. We were talking about Jamar chase a little bit ago, right? Like 
kind of disappearing a little bit. You know what I mean? T Higgins, he was off. Now he's on Michael Pittman. He was on. Now he's off. Like you have these slumps that wide receivers take where they just don't really eat on a week to week basis. Deontay Johnson has been that guy every single week. You can count on the consistency. You can count on the guy to come out there and put up a stat line of a true wide receiver, one wide receiver two. And I mean, I don't think he's had so week, week three, he missed. Week five, he had two receptions, two targets. Week nine, he had six recept, um, six targets, five receptions. Outside of that, he's had double-digit targets every single week. So we're talking three weeks of the season. One he missed, so we'll call it two weeks of the season where he hasn't had double-digit targets. Mm-hmm. That's insane, man. Like, do we think that that consistency stays like with a new quarterback that he still stays Whoa. like the Dude. true like the PPR guy? You know what I mean? Like, go ahead, Nick. I said coming into this year, the floor for targets for him is 140. You said, yeah, I think you said 160. Now I was like, dude, you're crazy. But no, and he's at right now 120. (laughs) Yeah, and there's still four games, uh, five games, five for him. So, so five games. I mean, let's say he's ten targets. I know that he's a target hog. Yeah, yeah, people were saying the drops, but drops are. He's had two drops all season. I think he had one last week. One was this last week. Yeah. Yeah. I think he had two this last one or two this last two weeks or something. But yeah, he's literally out of 120 targets, you have one drop, two drops. Like, come on, man. Like, and Deontay is that guy that you can always feel comfortable because I believe this week he went into halftime with like two catches, and he (laughs) He came out with eight touchdowns. Yeah. Well, dude. So I was watching that game, and I ended up losing in the matchup. But I was watching the game, and when he scored that touchdown at the end, I was—I had him and Pat Fearmuth, uh, who's been a freaking animal. And Muth um, is loose. And Muth had that two-point conversion, and we have, like, what? We get two points for a two-point conversion in our leagues or whatever. So I got yeah. that, and then I got a touchdown from Deontay. So I was going wild when that happened. <laughs> a quick 10 points or nine yeah. points, whatever it was. Um, um, what do you think? Look – Deontay wins deep. He wins short routes. He he would he just wins. He catches everything. He just wins. You know, and and over over the course of the last two years, you know the the big thing coming into his sophomore year was people talking about how well he separates. Right. Yeah. That was that was the main talking point. Whether people are bought, people bought it or not. You know, obviously he's proven that he's an elite man. He's an elite receiver. He beats man. He beats zone. He beats whatever. Um, going into this year, the concern with his catching, you know, he, he's worked on that. We saw, um, on, I believe Sunday night football where he showed, they showed a clip of like his pregame warmup routine to help him, you know, focus in whether it's deep passes or short passes, he doesn't work out with tennis balls and it's, it's shown results. This week was his first drop. Like you said, it came on a deep touchdown pass over the shoulder. So like, mm-hmm. you know, tough catch. Wait, yeah. so you should have had three. You're telling me I would have won him a matchup. Yeah, yeah, he should have had three. Oh my god, why would you tell me that? Uh, it's, it's Keep sorry, going. John. I'm sorry. Now I'm sick. So, <laughs> oh so just ruined my night. You know, obviously he's a little bit of a beneficiary of Ben. You know, super targeting him within like five yards of the line of scrimmage, <laughs> but when there's a new quarterback and he can get a higher volume of deep balls and just a, a higher you know volume of touchdowns anyway. You know, I don't think there's going to be a drop-off. Um, I'm kind of talking to myself into him as I speak about him because, you know, I've never been a super fan of Deontay. But, I mean, I, I there's nothing – there's no case against him. He He's really like an elite receiver right now. And it's really impressive to see him week to week. He's I'm a great dynasty hold. 
people He's were cold. Yeah. And people were, I mean, I'm not, listen, I am the kind of person I, I mean, I sold Kyle Pitts this week. Now don't get me wrong, Jake. Uh, if you're listening, buddy, I kind of bent you over a little bit, but you knew, listen, <laughs> I told you I didn't want to sell Kyle Pitts. I didn't want to give him up. So it was going to take a Godfather offer and boy, oh boy, did you come with the Don? I mean, you really, you, you, you know, you, you paid, but that's the thing with some of these guys, like you, you understand, like you have a price for everyone. And like, listen, if, if someone's coming for Deontay and they want to pay up and they're willing to give you, listen, someone offered me T Higgins in a, in a first. Oh, I'll take that all day long. You know, but I don't I'm know if someone's still paying T Higgins that right now. It's tough, right? Like, I, I get it, you know, but I, I think you don't ever want to price yourself out of a player. But listen, if you're a contender right now, I could totally understand saying, no way, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not selling. So, in a I'm lot of our leagues, rebuild I have, and I have him as one of my receivers and like locked in for next year. That's I exciting. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting as hell. Um, all right. So, let's talk. Um, well, well, what is, what is left? This is, uh, I want to talk David Montgomery, you want to talk about? Yeah. He was a stud Monty. this week. Can I talk about Monty, please? Yeah, of course. All right, thank you. Jesus. He's scared. No, I'm just kidding, John. You can't talk about Monty. <laughs> Next topic, please. Uh, so Monty is like one of my guys, like true and true, like like he, my heartstrings. Through and through is what you meant to say. I was gonna say true and through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was I was definitely gonna say that. So Monty this week, he ate in multiple ways. He had nine targets, eight receptions, 51 yeah. yards. He had 21 carries. Oh my God, 90 yards and a touchdown. That is workhorse. Ah, like my boy was eating. Like that's the type of that's the type of player we want, right? We're going into week 14. He's gonna play Green Bay. Eat 15. Dog. 16. Seattle. Dog. New York Giants gonna eat like a dog. Like, listen, when I tell you that this guy is somebody that I love and I believe in, last year he finished the season very strong. This year he started off the year strong. Obviously, he was hurt for a while. He had a couple, I think, week nine, 10, and 11 RB2 weeks. Nothing great, but he's he's ramped back up. He's ready to go. I'm calling it now, bro. He'll be a top seven running back the rest of the season. Yeah, I don't think that's that's far off. I mean, with that schedule especially. <laughs> I mean, well, isn't it Mon- Monty? Isn't Green Bay, are they bad? They run defense. Well, you said also after that they have the Giants and the uh <laughs> Minnesota Seattle. Yeah. Dog. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Con. I didn't mean to cut you off. I get excited about <laughs> no, that. No, Mon- Monty, just like last year, is gonna have a really strong finish to the season. Yeah. And yeah. um, unlike last year, he he looks way more like he's a legitimate he's not as fat. I mean, yeah. say it. It's okay. <laughs> I don't know. Am I am I fat shaming if I say it, John? Nah, you're not fat shaming. Yeah. I mean, listen, yeah, bro. He... I had, listen, I had, I had to lose the COVID pounds. You know, I I dropped like 40 pounds. You know, I'm in the gym. I'm running. I'm lifting. I'm doing all this stuff. Like, listen, everybody put on a little bit of weight. I think I think Monty was was enjoying the the cheese steaks. And, you know, the deep dish pizza. <laughs> and you know, yeah. it is what it is. But no, seriously, I, I'm I'm excited about him for the rest of the season. His schedule, prime time. I did move him in a deal. I think I moved. What was that trade I moved Monty for? Do you remember? You don't remember. Why I don't remember? remember. So it was Joe Mixon. Um, uh, there it is. So I moved Monty, Fant, Sutton, and a second for Mixon and Kittle. Now it was a three-team oh. trade. So there, I think Russell Wilson was involved on another side, whatever. But So I'm on Joe Mixon train now. So we're, we're hoping that Joe Mixon finishes <laughs> strong to the season. I'm a little nervous about the neck. My doctor, Constantine uh, Matrakos over here, told me that he's going to be okay. He's good to go for next week. So no worries, guys. Joe Mixon's- I spoke to him, actually, guys. He said he's going to be all good. 
All right, there you go. You heard it from the horse's mouth. All right, so I we spoke about Joe Burrow to God. Um, I think that's anybody it, want boys. a fun fact? Yeah, give it to me. Jonathan Taylor has more touchdowns than the New York Giants franchise this season. I think they're tied at eighteen. Does he have more yeah, now? They're tied. Yeah, they're tied yeah. at eighteen. Are they tied? Because I saw they had more. He had more. I think. I think that the the graphic I saw today was that Jonathan Taylor has 18 touchdowns, as many as the New York Giants. Yeah, I think, Nick, you might have seen that he has 18 and Daniel Jones has 13. No. Maybe that's what you saw. But I saw that they had both have 18. I'm so sick of this. All right. I don't, want, way, to, I don't want to talk about the Giants. <laughs> All, right. All right. So, yeah, boys. I mean, that's about it. I don't know if there's well, anything we got else. Dogs we, yeah, just I was, was going to say, Dogs of the Week, I don't know if there's anything else you want to cover. It's been a couple of weeks since we were able to jump on. So, um, any topics or anything you want to – we did. We didn't talk about Javante. We didn't. Oh yeah, that was our first topic. Yeah, that is a good one. So our co, our uh, I'm sorry, not co-host. Our well, I guess you know our, our editor. He brought up a really good question, and we were kind of going at it before the podcast started. So we want to kind of relive that a little bit. But his question was: Brees Hall comes out next year. He goes to Miami of all places. So good landing spot. They build the offensive line up a little bit. They keep, down, keep okay. it to a. You know what did you say? They what? I said, what? I don't know. What did you say? <laughs> I said, check down King. Oh, shut up. All right. So <laughs> anyway, regardless, they, they, they do what they need to do, right? They bring in Brees Hall. Would you take Brees Hall or Javante? Straight up. No, no Javante. trade downs, no anything. Yeah. So Nikki said Javante. Constantine already has Javante top five in his dynasty rankings because he's a little age whore. Um, anybody over the age of 23 doesn't want him, doesn't roster him, don't talk to him about him, nothing. So the thing I said was I, I feel Brees Hall would produce better because, you know, and, and I like Brees Hall, so I'm not going to get into all of it. Point being, who do you take? So let's relive that a little bit, guys. So Nikki, obviously you and Connor on that side of the aisle. Why are you strictly Javante? Why do you believe that? I like Brees Hall, but I'm just saying I'd rather Javante. Yes, but remember your point. You, you were talking about how good Javante looked this week. Well, well, why are you okay. After this, we have to bring up Antonio Gibson. Oh, Gibby, yeah. RB1 season, baby. He's RB11 on the year. Dude, oh. and his usage. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. His usage. Okay, let's get back on topic. Been let's get back borderline on topic. erotic at this point. I mean, but So yes, I will no. take Javante Williams. It's the passing work he's getting. He leads the league in broken tackle percentage on, like, Literally half the usage. Is it missed tackle or is it broken tackle? Broken tackle. Okay. And then he also, I think he was on pace. I don't know at the moment, but I know before this week, he was on pace for about 78 targets, I believe, which is absolutely insane. I know Johnny just, you know, he's over there. Listen, say what you guys say. I got my points to make. Go ahead. And he's just like one of the best pure runners, like already, I'd say. Like, obviously, he's not the top, but he's such a good runner. Oh, my God. He's great. So I don't know. I don't see a way that he's not better than Brees Hall, even if he goes to Miami. What about you, Con? Well, let me tell you. So through 13 games, Javante Williams has more points than Dalvin Cook, Elijah Mitchell, Milvin Gordon, CMC, Kareem Hunt, Saquon Barkley, Miles Sanders, CEH, right? All so, terrible players, so. All, all these guys, you okay, know, okay. you know, some guys have gotten hurt. Some guys have gotten this and that. Some guys have missed games for COVID, whatever the reason is. Right. So you'd think, oh, there's there's a reason why he's produced more than the, all these guys. Well, he has less than 50 percent of the touches than all these other guys on this list. So 
when you have somebody who's outscoring superstars in this league on half of the volume, what is there? What is there to talk about? Yeah, highest talk highest about missed tackle rates since 2006. Nick Chubb, 2020, 31%. Marshawn Lynch, 2014, 31%. Highest missed tackle rate since uh, 2006. Javante Williams, 34%. I knew he had the highest this year, but that's crazy. As a rookie. As a rookie. Here's the thing, and I agree with what you're saying. I think the the, the caveat to this, because Nicholas brought up a point, the passing work he's getting. They're going to bring in a quarterback next year. They signed Sutton. They signed Tim Patrick. They're locking down their offense. Offensive line, they're a running game. They got weapons. They have a top-tier athletic freak in Noah Fant. You're going to bring in somebody, whether that be, i.e., Russell Wilson, uh, um, what's his name, Deshaun Watson, um, Aaron Rodgers. Those all make sense for them. They're a team that those guys want to go to. Russell Wilson is sick and tired of losing. He's sick and tired of having a bad offensive line. He's sick and tired of not being able to play. Like, let Russ cook, right? Like, people are posting bologna and and, and cheese and, and, and hot dogs <laughs> and, like, milk and, and cereal, right? Like, this is what we thought we were getting. This is what we got. Like, these guys want to play for organizations that are going to let them play. Like, really, like, yeah. at that age, like, Deshaun Watson, for example, he like, he was treated like, crap this whole situation happened um obviously don't forget he's a superstar absolute top five at least quarterback oh yeah i mean i i i'll bump him right back to probably three Three. um, honestly yeah Yeah, i have him him up i think (laughs) i'll I'll put him over joshy i think it'll be mahomes josh allen and watson for me um you would have mahomes you'd have have watson over i have watson over kyler yeah i'm I'm a josh over kyler i do Yeah. yeah see i don't i have them flipped I think it's – I got to check. I think I, I, they're the same tier for me. I have to check. I think I have Josh Allen over Kyler, but if not, I was I was thinking about making that move. Regardless, anyway, anyway, my point Let's I want to make is – about the best running back in the league, guys. Come on. Yeah, I, back to point. <laughs> He's not going to get that type of passing work with those type of quarterbacks. They're going to utilize the wide receivers. They're going to use the tight end. Like, there's two alphas – and Noah Fant in that offense, if you think he's still going to get 70, 80 receptions or he's going to be – You think he can get that, four targets a game? I don't know, man. I mean – Four maybe, is not a lot to ask. He's getting I, three splitting work a game. I, I guess from my perspective, I look at a guy like Javante and I, I, I get skeptical from the perspective of like he's going to have 70 receptions. He's going to have – you know, 1,800 all-purpose yards. He's going to have 14 to 17 touchdowns. Like, those are really big numbers that, like, not many players ever live up to. And I'm not saying he doesn't have the ability to do, like, what a Dalvin Cook has done, what an Alvin Kamara has done, you know. But you look at their offenses, what has Dalvin Cook had to compete with? Like, Justin Jefferson just got there last year. Like, outside of Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs, like, they didn't really utilize the wide receivers as much. They were more of a running team. Like, you have Michael Thomas, yeah, but outside of him, what did they really have outside of Alvin Kamara? Like these teams really leaned on those players as kind of the centerpiece of their offense, and they built it around that. I don't think Javante is going to have that same. You, not that he's going to not get, not that he's, not that he won't be utilized. I don't think he will be the centerpiece of that offense in that way. And those quarterbacks that I just mentioned, I don't see them dumping it off every other play. They like to look down the field. You know what I that's mean? That's why so, I said if he can get four a game, four receptions a game, that's 70 targets. That's 70 or seven. Okay, but if that's, that's 70, not a lot to ask You're for. saying 70 targets. What is that, 40, 50 receptions? No, I'm saying if he catches four balls a game. Okay. 
on average next okay. year. I mean, why, why are we why are we saying seven targets is going to result in four catches a game for one of the best patch-catching running backs in the league? Well, I'm saying I wasn't even going target. So he has 42 targets right now and 33 receptions, right? So what's the percentage on that, Con? Well, you said – I'm sorry. You he said has what? 42 targets yeah. on 33 receptions. Who? Oh. So 33 on 42, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's about 75% it should be. Okay. It's a little bit higher. So, so up that a little bit, right? So you you always count in a couple drops, a couple you know, miscues, whatever it is. Let's say he had 65 targets on okay. 70% of a, a 70% catch rate. What is that? Uh, that's like 42-ish. I, I think, still see him getting more than that. I don't know, man. I well, mean, look, we, we, could, we could talk so, in circles all day. I think Brees Hall has more of an opportunity to be the guy that's going to be getting the 50 to 60 receptions because of the fact of you call him check down Charlie. Guess what? Check down Charlie is going to be use, utilizing his running back. And guess what? Well, They're going to want to run the ball more because Brian Flores likes to control the flow of the game. Well, like, okay. It's a little uh, bit different, man. But let me jump in real quick because I, I, I hear – look, you don't have to – you don't know a bigger Brees Hall fan than me. Are you sure? Uh, I, I hear your argument, you know, about how Javante won't be the focal point of the offense. Um, how there's a lot of target competition over there. So I did some number crunching, right? Oh, As right. you guys were talking, I That's did some a number over here. Come on, talk to me. So Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon <laughs> combined have 77 targets in the season. Okay. And Aaron Rodgers has 373 pass attempts. Okay. Which means the Packers running back room has a 20.6% target share. Okay. Doing rocket science on the live pod. Yep. So <laughs> so let's say, you know, obviously Javante Williams is not going to be Wait, wait, wait. Before, before, you, before you go into that, I don't want to cut you off. I just want to give context. Yep. He has Devontae Adams and then nothing. So what is Devontae Adams' target share? If you don't know that number off the top of your head, it's okay. You don't have to. No, it's okay. I can, I can do it real quick. So I'm going to talk while you're looking that up. My point <laughs> is, when you look at the context of what is in those situations, you have Devontae Adams, and then there's a cliff of players. They lost Tanyan. They don't really have a great wide receiver, too. Randall Cobb's there. I don't even know if he's been healthy. I haven't really been following their wide receiver core in depth, so I don't want to speak to it and sound unintelligent. But my point is, outside of Devontae Adams, they don't have – anyone that you're looking at and you're saying, oh, he's really good. You look at the Broncos offense, you legitimately have Judy and Sutton who would be a wide receiver one on most teams. You have Noah Fant who's better than the majority of tight ends outside of, I think, five guys I can name that I would maybe want over him. The point I'm making is there isn't a situation you're looking at where there's that type of offense built out and a wide receiver is getting 50 to 60 targets in a season. And, and if you can tell me one, I'm not saying I'm, I'm the end all be all in this argument. I just think that we're being a little lofty with what this guy can do. And I'm not saying that I'm not going to have him ranked highly. I am going to have Javante probably in like the eight to 10 range. And again, I'll say it. If he ends up being an RB5, RB6, okay, I missed two spots on him. Like, I'm not really against that. But I think to say that he's going to be a top three to five guy, he's going to be locked into a 23% target share. I think, I think you're going to be disappointed with that. I'm going to have him probably at six or seven. Probably okay. six. So, all right, I got the Adam's target job. share. All right, go ahead, go ahead. So between, I'll, I'll say this first: between the I running backs, 25%. Dylan, Aaron Jones, and Devontae Adams, that is a fifty-one point four percent target wow. share. 
So he has 30%. 51.4. He has 30.83%. Jesus Christ. Alpha. <laughs> I was take so, I'd guess 25. That's crazy. Yeah. I was going to say maybe like 31%. Because look, dude, that's, because that's look at the time. other. But, but see, but think about it. Look at the other wide receivers. That's kind of the point I'm making there. But go no, ahead. I got you. I got you. So, so let me, let me, I'm going to go on for a little. I'm going to, I'm going to make an extended case, but just, just hear me out. All right. Yes, sir. So 20, 20.6%, right? Let's round that up to just 21%. And obviously, Javante Williams is not going to be 100% snap player. We we know that. That's accepted. That's rational. So yeah, let's Mike say, Boone. Yeah, my, yeah, Mike Boone. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's say, you know, because he's not playing every snap, um, not accounting for scheme adjustment and so on and so forth, that he himself – um, coming down from the 20, 21% total target share of Green Bay Packers running backs, let's say he gets 17%, right? And then, sure, if you want to if you want to count in the fact that he's probably going to be the fourth option in the passing game, sure, I could accept that and bring him down to a 15% target share, right? Well, on a 15% target share, that's still going to be about 60 five-ish targets over the course of a season. And I think as a talent, we'll see that he's going to command more and Aaron Rodgers will fall in love with him. You know, that that's not statistical. I just want to throw that in there because I love Javante. So getting back to the statistics of it all, he has 100 less carries than Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor has four more broken tackles than him. When... There is a player, and in addition to all those other stats I said before about missed tackle rates and, um, you know, points per touch and all that stuff. When there is a player who is this good, the players around him will fall in love with him. There's a reason why in the one game he started, he had a 22% target share. You know, obviously, Teddy Teddy Bridgewater is the quarterback, and he checks down like it's nobody's business. But he commands those targets, whether it's 22% or 18% or 15%, he will be getting targeted. It's not a Josh Jacobs situation where he has to grow into it. He is elite at it right now. And in these crowded offenses where players aren't predictable, you know, we see it in Dallas, like we said with CD. We see it in Tampa Bay where we don't know if it's going to be Mike Evans week or Godwin week or is Rob Ronkowski going to catch five touchdowns this week. (laughs) Who's predictable all the time? Zeke has been predictable. Besides the last three weeks, when he's been banged up. Leonard That's Fournette, actually uh... Leonard Fournette has been extremely predictable. He's been a top ten running back, even though it, it, I missed on him. And I'm gonna say that you know, f- full owning of what I said in the past, I missed on him. He's been amazing. Johnny, he's the guy that has proven that you can do that with a great re- receiving core around him. And the amount of targets he, Fournette's gotten. Yeah. Oh, and, bro. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And. We you know, we, in, in other situations around the league, you know, you think of all these other of all these other top offenses, you know, whoever you want to name. I'm not going to go into specifics because I just gave two of the best offenses in the league. And I think that they back up my point. Well, the receivers won't be consistent. The tight ends won't be consistent. But the guys will be consistent are the quarterback and the running back. I could easy, I could easily see if Aaron Rodgers goes there, if Russell Wilson goes there, Javante getting 20 plus touchdowns easily. Yeah, I mean. I, I like their line. I like Lloyd Cushenberry. I like Quinn Miners. I like Garrett Bowles. I think they're a way better run blocking line than pass blocking line. And the talent that Javante has, you know, he's not better than Jonathan Taylor. So I don't want anybody to think about what I said before and kind of, you know, not hear what I'm not saying. Um, 
but he's not somebody who I'm fading because of receiver competition. He's too good of a runner. And if he gets a quarterback upgrade, that's worth a damn. I will not be caring about competition. Touchdowns will be there. Breakaway runs will be there. You know, 30 carry games because they're up 14 points will be there. And I'm not concerned at all. And he's easily a top five guard for me in Dynasty. All right. I like it. I appreciate the uh, the context given. I've given my point. I'm not going to keep rebuttaling you back and forth. I mean, you, you made some <laughs> great points on on what you think Javante can be and why he can be that. Now we wait and see. You know, I, I'm, that, not, yeah. I'm not paying – top five price for a player like that. You know, I think Miles Sanders and and Cam Akers both were players that a lot of people felt, hey, these are guys that can be top guys because of their talent. Miles Sanders, we all know, has consistently been banged up. They haven't utilized him appropriately. Cam Akers, unfortunately, had a horrible injury that kind of derailed what we all felt could be a, a really great season for him. I didn't have him as a top three to five running back, but I did have him as an RB1, RB2 um, coming into the year. And, and it's it's frustrating when you have a player with that type of talent fall out. But I think it's a similar context to where if you're paying a top price for a player and they don't live up to that price consistently for a few seasons, you lose value on that price tag. Um, and for me, I'm just not willing to pay top five price for him. Um, now, if, if I'm getting him around a low end RB1, RB2 price, you know, two first and a piece, I'm willing to do that. Past that, I'm not paying it. So that, that's my perspective. Mm-hmm. These guys disagree and that's okay. <laughs> that's why we do a podcast together because we don't agree on everything and that's the fun of it. Um, with that said. I, let me let me just uh, one thing on his price. I I agree in the fact that I wouldn't pay top five price for him because, you know, being fluid in Dynasty is the biggest thing and you have to move on to the guy who, who can boom in value for you next, you know, over the next X amount of weeks. So... You know, paying for Javante right now, I would say don't do it because he's already, you know, you should have already bought him. Um, you should have been proactive and seen how fantastic he was, even with a shorter workload. <laughs> we spoke about it. I, I think was so. trying to buy him as like a top five guy way before yeah. he was doing this. <laughs> yeah. And I, well, I mean, we him. talked about it at the beginning of the season. I think I mentioned it on the podcast or we tweeted out or something how I, how I felt he was going to have a very similar end of season run of, of like a guy, you know, we saw Dobbins last year, his, his price tag just blew up and people felt like he was going to be the superstar. Obviously we were really cheated out of a great year with him too, you know? So consistently we've had these guys that we felt were really going to be good. They were going to do a lot and injuries derailed the season. So at this point in time, we still believe in this player to be really, really good. We just all are a little bit different on, on his value and where he may sit. Um, With that said, um, we're wrapping up on our episode. Let's talk. I have a few quick things. Of the week. Yeah, go. Real so quick. one, Antonio Gibson, first eight weeks, one, two games over 20 rushes. Mm-hmm. After the bye, he's had four, three out of four, and the third game was 19. He is going to be the guy that if you have him on a team that still made it to the playoffs with his subpar season, you are going to be very happy because the amount mm-hmm. of touches he is getting right now and the amount of points he's putting up in fantasy, he's going to be one of those league winners. That's for sure. Right, and another thing real quick, I had to sneak in. I agree. Yes. Gibby, Gibby season's here. JP admitted that Mooney is a great player. <laughs> or a good player, player. I never said he was great. Come on. No, don't do that. I, I do think Mooney is, is, is look good. Um, Finally. Pop yeah, some I mean, champagne. I mean, I don't know, Allen Robinson, man. It's been that's Allen Robinson is one of the weirdest stories. Mooney took over as the wide receiver season. one. 
bro, that whole, offense. that whole offense has been odd, man. That's listen, A Rob is an alpha. He's been an alpha. No, of on course, every team but he's not been on. He's not going to work there. And listen, I don't know. So, something something doesn't make sense about that. I don't know what it is, but it is it is odd. Um, anyway, let's talk dogs of the week. I'm rolling with my boy Pat Freermuth. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like him this week. Uh, I think he has a pretty good matchup. Um, he plays Thursday night, so obviously you're having to put your uh, your junk on the table with him. Um, I, I like the matchup. Obviously, um, I don't know what Minnesota has been giving up to tight ends. Con, can you do a quick quick search on yeah, that gotcha. and see what they they rank against tight ends? Um, he's been really solid the last, I mean, gosh, man, really since before the bye. I mean, week six and then the since bye maybe, I was going to say week four or five probably. Yeah, well, no, four and five, he only – he didn't do much. Week one, week two and three, he had four and five targets, put up 11 and 14 points if you're in premium leagues. And then six through really 12, he was a tight end one. And then um, last week he put up – he had the four four recept four targets, three receptions, twenty six yards in the end bet, two point conversion. Uh, I just feel a nice week coming for him. Um, he's a, he's a player that I've actually acquired in three different leagues over the last four weeks, and and he's been someone that I'm really really high on um, going into the off season, especially with an, a newer quarterback coming in. I think a a rookie always likes to you know target their tight ends, and he's proven to be a guy that they can eat in the red zone, and um, just really excited for him. So dog of the week, fire fire him youth up. Fire Muth up. You like that? Yeah. I love it. There we go. All right. Uh, Wild Khan's looking for that um, on Minnesota. Um, Nikki, who you got this week? So, yeah, my guy is going to be, you know, maybe you're in a redraft league and you're beat up at running back where you have Elijah Mitchell, who's now in, in costume protocol, unclear for Sunday. So my guy is going to be Jermichael Hasty, The 49ers running backs, Ooh. you know that the ceiling with them is always going to be high. And if you need a win to get into the playoffs, I think with uh, Jeff Wilson's, I believe it's his knee, he must, he has a knee injury. So he's out. Trey Sermon doesn't get any work. Elijah Mitchell, if he doesn't clear that protocol by Sunday, I think Hasty's going to, I think he's going to score some maybe like 15, 20 point game. Wow. I think he's going to be a dog of the week. That's <laughs> well, it. he is a dog of the week. Huh? He is a dog of the week. Exactly. He's going to eat. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I I thought you were saying he might be a dog of the week. I was like, dude, you put him in already. Nah, yeah. I like it. All right. Um, so Johnny, just to just to uh to go back to what you were saying about Firemuth, the Vikings are uh a bad matchup for tight ends, actually. They are eighth at preventing tight end points. But when somebody's as big of a part of the offense as he is, and they have an oodle armor quarterback, I don't really care too much about that matchup. <laughs> I'm picking um, tough matchups now. All right. It's okay. When you have a superstar, you don't care about tough matchups. I like that. I like that. <laughs> but my guy for this week, my dog of the week, is Josh Jacobs. Um, not somebody who I've been a huge fan of uh, from, from last year and from this year. Nine babies, but right? <laughs> what happened? You see that article? It's got what article? Yeah, it's nine different oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My boy been eating. <laughs> <laughs> if, you guys, if you guys don't know, he, he apparently Josh Jacobs has nine children with nine different women, I think it was. Or eight Is different that it? Women no, he's something? almost got a double-double. 
<laughs> yeah, bro. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. He's been getting busy, not only you know on women, the field, but, but off on the field. football field, <laughs> catching I don't think passes he goes to practice, I think catching passes. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Guys. My boy's been injured every week, and now I know why. <laughs> he's been he's been catching passes and catching cases and kids, <laughs> but. God, from he's a week, contract for you yeah, for real, but maybe that's why he's doing more in the passing game. But from weeks four to 13, five targets, five receptions, five targets, four receptions. Weeks, um, se- week six through eight kind of slacked off a little, but then over the last five games, target total goes four, five, seven, four, nine. Reception total goes four, five, five, two, nine. Mm. So mm. he's been catching passes. And what happened from week nine on? The Henry Wuggs hasn't played. So the targets have gone up. The receptions have gone up. And, he, you know, he's obviously touchdown reliant. I'm, I'm not going to I'm not gonna say he isn't, but he's playing Kansas City. You know, obviously they've improved a little bit with Chris Jones coming back. But I think the Raiders O-line is at a place where, you know, they, you know, they'll have a good matchup over there. Um, he should, you know, be penciled in for about 15, 16 carries. You know, if he can catch five passes again. You're probably looking at at least maybe a 13, 14-point game without a touchdown. So if you've been starting him, you're probably confident in him going forward anyway. But I just wanted to bring it to the attention of whoever, you know, was a, was a Josh Jacobs non-fan, if, if that's the correct term. Like I was. Hater. No, not hater. But, like, I just didn't know where he was going. Being After neutral. Last season. You're neutral. Yeah, I was neutral on him, but he's he's shown that he can get the passing work and he's my dog of the week. Fire him up. Nice. I like it. I like it. So guys, we are sorry that we missed the last two weeks. That's on us. But now it's playoff time. We're dialed. You should be dialed. <laughs> you guys ready? You guys ready for that playoff push? Yeah. Yeah, bro. I'm listening. Me, Johnny right and now. I are in some playoff fights and we'll we'll update you guys on dog who, fight. Who's Listen, the breadwinner? Yeah. As of right now, I have I will be in the playoffs in all my leagues, first round buys or, or third and fourth, whatever. The one league I am fighting for a spot. I'm in seventh, and my boy Dynasty JD is in sixth. And whoever wins is in, whoever loses goes home and it is very poetic so jd if you're listening to this i hope i wipe the floor with you this week um <laughs> and promise you you better hope i don't because you will not hear the end of it for the next six months if i send you home no um, i don't think it's 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 jake i think no no no, no that's in bodega dynasty jd oh okay yeah. yes, yes, yes so yes we are we're going to be in a dog fight and i'm very excited for it i'm excited to see the group chat sunday it's going to be crazy <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's gonna be it's gonna be quite the back and forth. But listen, guys, we appreciate everybody tuning in once again. We apologize, we're out of touch for the last two weeks. Um, we'll make sure to be in tune and, and ready to go over the course of the playoffs and all. Um, obviously, look out for us on Twitter and Instagram. Um, otherwise, we will uh, talk with everybody soon. Otherwise, guys, anything else? No, nope. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode because I enjoyed it. How yeah, of fun. this was a lot of fun. It feels like a long one. It was pretty good though. We had a lot to catch up on. <laughs> yeah, so we okay. did. We did. Yeah. We did. All right, guys. Well, we will talk to you soon. Dynasty Dogs out. Hey, everybody, and thanks again for joining us for another episode of Dynasty Dogs. As always, we appreciate you taking the time to listen. We always have fun. Make sure you come back and join us again next time. And please remember to be on the lookout for us on IG and Twitter at Dynasty Dogs FF, all one word for daily updates and content. This is Johnny P, Nick, and Khan. We'll see you next time.